Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wednesday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Sean McGregor. Hello. And Craig G. Telfer. Hello. <laughs> you're so laughing for I was, no, I was thinking back to the podcast that you did last week when you were talking about the, this, the completely out of context clip of talking about a, a bear who uh, <laughs> was sexually assaulted. <laughs> so I don't know why, I just started thinking that. But no, no, uh, I thank you. Hi. Hello. And as you can guess from having these two on, we're going to be... Talking about the lower leagues, namely the playoffs. Woo-hoo! The playoffs are done in every single division except, except. Oh. from the Premiership playoffs, which will be between Partick Thistle and Livingston. First game is on Thursday. Tomorrow. Well, Thursday's still tomorrow. Yeah, I just thought, I thought it was a strange way to frame that as well. It's because yeah. of working online and you, well, online you, you're supposed Timeless, to do, isn't it? You're supposed to do kind of days of the week as opposed to yesterday or tomorrow. Or okay, well, there's a wee peek behind the curtain how things things going in the Scotsman. So yeah. Thank you, Craig. You're welcome. So, we shall begin with the game on Friday night, or talking about the two-legged affair in general. Livingston defeated Dundee United, uh, unsurprisingly so. I thought uh, I thought Livingston might have struggled because first I spoke a couple of weeks ago about a kind of short options up front so if they needed a plan B uh, they may have toiled at that point as it turned out they only needed half a plan A because uh, Ryan Hardy <laughs> was injured so I thought they'd particularly struggle but when a team defends as poorly as Dungeon United do uh, then half of plan A is perfectly adequate it was, a, it was a strange game because I think after the I mean I switched the game on Went to went to do the toilet. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. It's like a dog there. Went to went to use the bathroom. <laughs> went to do the toilet. Fucking hell. 
And when I came back, I came, I came back. Um, Dundee, uh, sorry, Livingston were, were a goal up, and then straight away the, the Dundee United go back and score. And then after Dundee United got their second goal, things were actually fairly comfortable for them. It looked like it was a, you know, a two-one taking a, a two-one lead to, um, to into the second leg isn't insurmountable. I thought they were fairly comfortable. Then just an absolutely two calamitous pieces of defending, and then a complete meltdown from Willow Flood. Uh, completely swings the tie uh, irreversibly into Livingston's favour. There was a lot to enjoy. Oh, it was that. brilliant. It was, a, it was a, yeah, it was. A, a, more than anything else, it was a thoroughly enjoyable game of football. And sometimes the sports seem to talk about Livingston, maybe it's just because I haven't seen them, or maybe it's just because I've been quite fortunate in that any time I have watched Livingston, it's generally been a really enjoyable game. I mean, they, they get talked about in sports time, they normally say that they're not particularly pleasing on the eye. And they kept the player, saying that in the, 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 long the, ball the game TV, and, they kept and saying that. They do, but... Well, they, they, do the, they do the damning with faint praise and that they say... They're effective. Or no, no, or, or they kind of... Aye, they include the insult in what they're saying. So they say, like, people say that they're, they're not that great to watch, but I think they're all right. <laughs> <laughs> you play at such a high tempo. It's, it's quite hard to not be a reasonably exciting team to watch when you play at such a high and tempo. they're quite a dirty side as well. They're quite a dirty team, which I can appreciate as well. <laughs> uh, middens, I believe the word yes, they say that. But that, that was... I, I, I thought we were saying it quite a positive way, if you can say middens in a positive way. Like uh, cockroaches for Hamilton was positive. Yes, that was. <laughs> uh, that was describing them in a, a positive context, uh, even though we're describing them as beasties. <laughs> the worst kind of beasties. The worst really. type of beasties, but in a, in a good way. I've not watched the game so this is all you're going to talk about the game I'm just going to move on to the next one any silences I'll just take it as a cue to move on I thought I thought Dungeon United were the best team for about an hour and then as you say they had this uh, kind of capi- there was like a, there was probably two goals in about three minutes mm-hmm. they'd done the that's match. right and then I, th- I also thought in the second leg I thought at half time I thought Dungeon United were going to get through I thought they were the better team in the first half but then Livingston just completely pulled away from them uh, as much as it finished 1-0 I think Livingston hit the bar, they hit yes. the post, and Neil Alexander had one good save in about the last minute. But that was that was about And other than really. that, that was about it. So over the over the piece, I thought ultimately Livingston thoroughly merited to go through. I thought that in the second leg, Shabalazlo uh, was quite slow in, in, in making a change. <clears throat> I thought the particularly as the game seemed to drift away from them. I thought I mean he introduced Paul McMullen with seven minutes to go. Uh, in fact, and he, and he took off Mickelson as well. Who, I mean, granted, you, you're launching, but if you're going to go long, you're launching. You've got a big centre forward there, but equally, you've got big centre backs. I mean, they're all big, big boys that, that play for Livingston. Mm-hmm. Look at size, Alan Lithgow. You know, he looks like the back end of the house. And what they should have done, I think they should have kept Mickelson on, but then introduced McMullen earlier. I mean, bringing him on with seven minutes to go, you're not really going to get a chance to run at the run at the fullbacks or or give them something different to think about. And I thought, yeah, Dundee United really let themselves down there for considering what was at stake. And I just like to see as the game ebbed away from them, just try to do something a wee bit different to. To, to change it around the thing is when they took Mickelson off they ended up because they still needed height up front they ended up putting Mark Dunnan up front and you think to yourself what's the point you probably well just keep Mickelson on and then you could have stuck him and Mosney mm. up top you could have had three big bruisers up, up top to, <laughs> to go for it <laughs> when, you need, when you need the goal just revert to Ali McCoy's tactics hey it worked it worked remember no, who's going to forget that 1-1 draw with Albion Rovers <laughs> in the Scottish <laughs> Cup in a hurry after bodying the goalkeeper out of the net <laughs> and punching the ball at the same time still counted still, still counted but uh, you wonder what you I mean I suppose we'll, we'll come on and talk about preview the, the Livingston Partick Thistle game just shortly but you really wonder uh, where Dundee United go from here and all that sort of seven players I was just about to say like, the, the playoff two leg against Livingston kind of summed up their season moments of 
you know, where it was promising. Yeah, that's a good, really it good point. It looked, looked like they were going to be the team that was going to do it, and then ultimately they shoot themselves in the foot and everything falls apart and everybody laughs at them. It was probably about right. I mean, but the, the, the way they... The, the, that five-minute spell in the first leg was just... I, I'm, I'm trying to think, has there been an enter- a more entertaining uh, like five minutes of football this entire season? Uh, Cowdenbeath Cove. Okay, well, we'll come, we'll, we'll come on to that. Before the, before the Cowdenbeath Cove game, had there been a more entertaining five minutes? It's just where just two, horrible defending, incredibly well-taken goals. Actually, Scott Pittman's, the way he sort of opened up his body and... Uh, you seem to think he's going to hit it around the goalkeeper hits it sort of towards his near post really really good finish uh, and then of course Willow Flood um, had <laughs> he'd been booked in the first half I'm sure for a sort of retaliatory retaliatory tackle on Scott Robinson who should have been sent off mm-hmm. for, for that tackle Sean Byrne goes to stop him from taking a quick free kick and then he pushes Sean Byrne really hard in the chest with the referee just a couple of metres away from him. The referee sends him off, and then Willow Flood starts taking people out, the highlight of which he walks past the, 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 the steady cam and slaps it, <laughs> you know, and then the steady cam regains his balance, turns to watch him as he walks in the tunnel, and then he turns and screams something, and then he's led down by um, like some of the support staff. Yesterday, Dundee United <clears throat> announced that they, the departure of, I think it was 17 players in total, Granted, a few of them were lone players, a few of them were youngsters, but that, that was the kind of total they announced in, in one kind of swoop. And amongst them was Willow Flood, which was great, because when I wrote up the article and put it online, I got to choose, because uh, it's just an online article, I got to choose the picture. So I just immediately first took the one of Willow Flood pushing over a camera <laughs> <laughs> and then giggled to myself for about 30 seconds. He looked like he was shouting at uh, Laszlo as he, as he walked off as well. Somebody said it was, uh, he was shouting him about his use of substitutions. Uh, which considering they brought you take me off <laughs> <laughs> considering they brought in a mule Ling he probably had a he probably had a valid play yes. who's that who writes the Doctor Who stories uh, he he wrote a tweet there's a, I'm sure it was uh, Big Graham Thule said the sort of the, 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 the Friday night Sunday morning meme where uh, that the Doctor Who fella had written something like this Emil Ling looks like he's going to be an absolute talent can't wait to see him get going and then immediately after the match, he's like, Emil Ling's one of the worst players I've ever seen in my team. Brilliant. I know them feels, bro. <laughs> it is, it's an interesting way for uh, Willow Flood to, to bow out from his uh, United tenure. That's a good way to go. Because he'd been a decent player for United. I think he was, unfortunately, one of the players. I mean, limited, and limited, limited uh, with the ball, good without it, but I think he was certainly one of the players that as, as United seemed to get worse, he seemed to get worse as well. He was never able to, yeah, well, to was, raise himself. Yeah, well, he kind of made his name originally at United, and when he first moved back, I was trying to think of this, I actually should have looked it up, when he, when he first moved back, I think he was originally pretty, pretty decent, pretty good signing. However, yeah, as you said, I think the older he got and the worse United got, the more there was kind of pressure on him to do things with the football, whereas it clearly that all he was good for at this advanced stage of his career was running about. Yeah, and kind of... One thing Flood's always kind of been good at is just kind of taking the ball from like the defence and up to the opposing half and doing it quite quickly. Um, and But other than that, he doesn't really have too much use at this stage of his career and yeah, United were probably relying on him a little too much at points. At least his uh, at least his exit from Tannadice wasn't just tagged on to the bottom of a completely different article. From Scott <laughs> of course. Yeah, that was uh, weird. That was very strange. You think a player of Scott McDonald's standing would have deserved his own 
his own sort of um, like thank you all the best all the best like uh, thanks Skippy hashtag or something like that I thought the weirdest thing was the fact that I uh, was learning at Dungeon United a goalkeeper coach <laughs> <laughs> the, it was, it's a very weird way of doing it because it's not like it's not going to get out it's like why not just why not just head up the article with McDonald leaves because it's you're not actually keeping it a secret. Even if uh, even if there is some kind of uh, bad blood between the club and Scott McDonald, which you're presuming that's what it is, and that's why it was just tagged on an, an additional paragraph in a completely different article, all you're doing is kind of what you're doing is bringing light to it. Streisand effect, I think that's called, Craig. I don't know if it was so much... I would The way I interpreted it, I, I don't know, but I just thought it wasn't so much bad blood between McDonald and the club and more just the club thinking this is another bad bit of PR because he's... Uh, I think McDonald over the season was decent enough for United without being anything special. But I don't think United fans were that overly enamoured. I don't think they're particularly sorry to see him go. Oh, you go. Maybe. You got the impression that he he probably came to the club with a bit of reputation. Uh, you know, he'd done well, done well in Scotland, done well at Motherwell, done well at Celtic, uh, and then he he comes up to Dundee United. And I think if you've if you used to playing at a certain standard, I'm not trying to defend the guy. I always think that if you used to playing a certain standard and things you're, you're brought down into malaise it can be it can be difficult if you're sort of struggling with fitness and battling against how old is he 36, 37 or something 30 f- no is he yeah. I'll look it up it's fine no he's 30 God, he's only 34 he looks older but you know if you're <laughs> not I, as old as Willow Flood looks like he's in his early 70s so I take that point back about McDonald I, I don't think he was old as that but sorry it, but the, the point is that um, I think he got he got bogged down into it as well I think he was just the stuff that he was good at doing I think there was more expectation because he played at a higher level yeah, well, that's his, his descent his descent down the divisions was consummate with his dropping ability when, when he first signed for United it, it did look like a really good signing because he played so well in the Premiership last season for Motherwell even on a Motherwell team that wasn't particularly good but the thing with last season is that he was playing alongside Louis Moult so he kind of had the job of the man kind of dropping deep and doing the kind of being the kind of disciplined player doing a lot of hard work blinking with teammates being good tactically at United, I think he was seen more as kind of to be the man, to be the Scott McDonald of old. To kind of, well, I, I don't think he was initially viewed as that. However, injury to Keaton's, other guys not really stepping up. Some of the signings being gash meant that he kind of had to be that. And he's not. For, for instance, he used to always have great pace. He's not got that anymore because he's in his mid thirties. And yeah, I thought I thought he generally maybe United fans not. <laughs> not too displeased to see him go because they're all moody but I think over the course of the season I think he was okay not great but when your team has had a disappointing year you tend to look at everybody and go oh they're shite yeah. he, may, he may now uh, for about the 7th year in a row avoid pre-season training yes. so he's put, he's he hates not, pre-season training he's probably <laughs> not that disappointed yes he, he just seems to he seems to delay signing for a club until like, the season's <laughs> just about started and then he signs what about the I mean we've spoken about this on the show a few times uh, with the team we've always assumed that the team who finishes and the, the, the championship representatives in the playoff final will struggle against the the, the premiership team so it's uh, Livingston Partick Thistle match is going to be played on Thursday night not tomorrow Thursday night uh, how do you think okay you, you've watched Partick Thistle and Y Scout what do you think <laughs> <laughs> I think this could easily come back to bite me because it's there's, there's not there's not a whole lot between clubs uh, in Scotland especially are only what f- two places apart in the league table oh, sorry three places apart in the league table so 
I wouldn't be surprised if Livingston won. However, I'd, I'd firmly backing Patrick Thistle to to win this. They don't they don't score, and Livingston's defence is particularly impressive. Yes, but I don't think this has been a good championship. And I think I know it was at the very start of the season, but you could go all the way back to the start and point to the fact that Patrick Thistle absolutely hammered someone five 0 in a Betfred Cup. I know, but Falkirk are good in the Betfred Cup. I, mean, yeah. I know, I know. Dundee United once beat Partick Thistle in a game once, and we all thought they were going to have a great season. <laughs> Relentless, aren't you? <laughs> but you, you? So you don't fancy living? I don't. I think I think Park Thistle. They. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say about Thistle. I've said this so many times that they just you keep, you keep waiting for them to wake up, and they weren't that. They still weren't that impressive against Dundee because Dundee didn't really have anything to play for, and there was still a period in the first half where Paul McGowan, because Paul McGowan has no off switch. Yeah, I think I think we could tell from recent reports as well of what he's been up to off the park. He was kind of just driving Dundee forward, and for a while Dundee looked like a better team, and you were actually thinking, I don't, I don't know if Park is actually going to win this game. So that's a bit of a worry. But just uh, previous years in the playoffs has been a, a gulf in class, with the exception of the first year between Hibs and Hamilton, and even then you could probably say the Terry Butcher factor kind of levelled that playing field. Dundee United probably could have won last season if it wasn't for the Simon Murray. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was probably the, the closest one since that. The other two, Falkirk won the first game against Kilmarnock. But Fortunate to beat them. Yeah, though. Kelly were easily the better team in, in that game and absolutely thumped them at Rugby Park. Good. And the season before, Motherwell annihilated Rangers over two legs. Uh, also known as the best game of all time. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, the greatest goal of all time, Marvin Johnson's goal at the third part. Oh, I thought you were talking about McCann, well punched into his own. Yeah, that's that one. That all Mar- right. Marvin Johnson is credited with the goal. Right, okay, okay. And then Bill El Mosney, of course, uh, losing, losing his shit. And the fan poking Lee McCulloch with a flag. If that had been, been a Rangers fan poking a Motherwell player by, oh, hell, it would break loose. Well, it didn't, and it was funny. <laughs> one thing I won't say, which shoots. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say which should scare Thistle fans is that I've not seen Livingston but you know we've talked about them being effective being brilliant at the back they basically do all the things in foot, the intangibles you want your team to do right and Park Thistle this season haven't done any of that they've looked good in places but they've been sloppy at the back and they've missed chances I don't think they'll be able to cope with Lee Miller backing into defenders and falling over and winning free kicks Lee Miller against Danny Devine will be interesting he's made a good career out of it and Danny Devine's not very good in there, not a very robust centre-half, so that, Moj- that'll be an interesting battle. Mojny was getting very annoyed at him. <laughs> really, <laughs> really annoyed at him. He was. Uh, is this, would this be the end for... Uh, Rearrange that pretty face of his. <laughs> would this be the end of uh, Alan Archibald if, if Thistle were to be relegated? I'm not entirely sure. Thistle have made noises in the past that they'll keep him regardless. So, But it's always... I mean, chairman always do that when it's like a team's having a rough spell and you, you you say that in the hope that the manager will turn it around and he has done it in the past. He's got a lot it's, of credit. It's a lot easier to say that than when you actually get relegated. He's still got a lot of credit in the bank at Thistle. <sighs> yes, I would think so. Enough, well, not a lot, enough th- credit in the bank. Yeah, sorry. I think a lot of that's dissipated this season with the fans anyway because they have been pretty poor and considering they were in a solid foundation after finishing top six last year, didn't lose a whole lot of players. Lost Liam Lindsay but... As far as I can remember, that was about it in terms of like their nailed-on starters. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much chair name. They had a few injuries. That was the kind of big thing this season. But when those players came back, they got an initial bounce, but they haven't been any good since then. So, let's move on. 
So we drop down the division to the Championship playoffs as I accidentally click on Middlesbrough now Aston Villa 1. Oh uh, God, it was rubbish, wasn't it? <laughs> it was so bad and I think, you know something, Dumbarton got what they deserved. Uh, I thought the first leg was rubbish. I thought the second leg was more enjoyable. Although it was just well, it was, it was enjoyable like, because the, because of Ross Stewart's goal. Uh, it, like, it, was the way it, wave, it was just wave after wave of Aloha attack. Yeah, and eventually the instalment of under siege. But the way I think that that Steve Aitken obviously he was he was playing for the nil nil. I think that Dumbarton they did, they forced Neil Parry. I can't remember who it was, but somebody forced Neil Parry into a brilliant save where it was a header that was sort of low away from it, and he managed to fl- flick out an arm and the brilliant goalkeeper Neil Parry. That was a, a, a really good save. But after that, Dumbarton Dumbarton didn't do anything, and then they, they made changes. They, they were taking off. Uh, they were substituting. Um, I'm just here to bring up the team, but they were substituting sort of more forward-thinking players for stodgy defensive players and. You're just asking for trouble by doing that, and then, then, but then, sorry, I see you're asking for trouble. After Ross Stewart scored, Dumbarton had nowhere to go. Dumbarton need to come back into the game, or or, or sort of Dumbarton is wave after wave. You're going to probably need to be a bit more proactive about it, and they had nothing. They had nothing left, and and you kind of, I, I thought they, they deserved what, what what they got. And I mean, I've, I've, I've watched Dumbarton highlights uh, this season, and I'm probably passing other people's opinions off as my own here, but from what I've read in Pie and Bovril. That seems to be what what Dumbarton did a lot. It was rather than you know rather than go out there and try to win games, it was it was try try not to lose them. And unfortunately, in Dumbarton's case, they weren't very good this season, and they they lost. They didn't they didn't go out to lose games; they just, <coughs> just lost them anyway. And that was summed up in that that uh, match with Alwa there. It's been a it's been a recurring theme. So for all of for all of Dumbarton's most important games this season. So if you look at. Uh, maybe there was about five or six weeks to go and they went to Falkirk and if they'd won that day Falkirk still would have been within touching distance for them to, to finish eighth they went there barely had a shot at goal and it was like they'd set up for a 0-0 draw which they achieved but that was no good because they needed to gain ground on Falkirk they had the Challenge Cup that was back Cup. in February oh, was it? that was in what February was that? so the, the Challenge Cup final they barely laid a glove on Inverness that, that was, day that was a shit game as well the, and these, these two playoff games they set up so negatively guys like Steve Aiken seems particularly keen on playing Danny Handling every week behind a striker. So Danny Handling, uh, he's supposed to be the most creative player, but he, he creates very little. He keeps guys like uh, Froxilias on the bench, who could quite easily play in Danny Handling's position. He plays Tom Walsh. I mean, Tom Walsh out wide. Tom, I uh, like Tom Walsh when he came back from Stenismuir, it was alone at Stenismuir, came back to Rangers and Stuart McCall's team. And he, if you remember, he was actually one of the few positive uh, positives in that team because he was wanted to get on the ball and wanted to drive the team forward so it makes sense to play him there rather than him playing out in the wing so yeah so I'm just agreeing agreeing with your point <laughs> but I think we've, I think we've had 13 home games this season where they failed to score I mean it's, it, it. it must have been a bleak bleak season to be a, a Dumbarton fan but I mean we, we spoke in the summer about his recruitment signed a lot of players for a, a fairly garbage Wraith Rovers team it, it, it looked like he'd signed a lot of players that, that weren't going to be good enough this season and especially up front so he's had uh, so Mark Stewart who's never had a good scoring record speedboat with no driver apart from maybe one season at Falkirk he had a decent record and he's always injured uh, he brought Ian Russell back out of retirement which is a bizarre move he signed Christian Nadi again who looked like he was done last season and uh, he spent the whole season injured and, 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 and well now he'd got suspended for the club because he's got a, a court case mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, of uh, and then he brought in I think it was Kevin Nisbet was like in the last throw of the dice and he 
he hasn't looked good enough either. Ian, I mean, you'd really have to question like Ian Russell. I mean, Russell when he joined, I know he's a popular player from his time at Dumbarton. First time that was about ten years ago. With the, the Ian Russell that was at Raith Ro- not Raith Rovers, but your partner, Erdronians. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> was was what what made Ian Russell so good was he was a really fast and tricky <clears throat> player. And he never really, after he lost his page, you know, you see, like, for, I know it's a different level, like Ryan Giggs, for instance, he completely recast himself yeah. as a player without page. Ian Russell couldn't really do it, and he just became just a dirty sort of, like, and dirty in the sense that like he'd always try to, to, to cheat and con referees into giving him fouls, and he was doing that in in a fairly mediocre League One. So why on earth are you signing a guy for the for, for the playoffs? I mean, no harm to Ian Russell. I mean, he's an experienced guy, but I think he was he was out of his depth at that point when they when they signed him. Couldn't understand that. It'll be interesting to see if he if he wants to stay because uh, I think he's still got a year left on his deal. Uh, it'll also also be interesting to see if any other club wants to take a chance on him. I know he was. I mean, the modern jobs available would they be interested in him? Maybe not. It kind of may affect them in terms of. Uh, how how appealing he now looks to other clubs, whereas on the other hand, uh, Jim Goodwin may may now look particularly appealing to other clubs. You, you looked at Allo as forward players, and all of them would have got a game for Dumbarton. Yeah. So uh, Ross Stewart, he, Jordan Kirkpatrick, Ian Flanagan, Kevin Colley, they would all have got a game for Dumbarton. Ro- I think Ross Stewart. The, the times I've seen him, I'm hugely impressed by him, and I think he'll get a decent like like Falkirk or Queen of the South. A team like that would be you could do a lot worse than taking a punt on on someone like him. Uh, for next season Alaba I mean Alaba always had a decent defence uh, this season so I think they've got two of the better fullbacks at that level uh, Callum Crane I think he's just been released by Hibs apparently he's uh, seen a pre-contract with Livingston that's the, the talk to your contract there uh, Scott Taggart and then they've got uh, Jamie McCart on loan from Celtic so defensively they've always been strong but big Andy the, Graham as well was a big just good know-how big unit but the, the forward players that were brought in in January made the total difference I, I spoke before the playoffs that I thought uh, Alaba were the best part-time team in the playoffs but to be honest the way they schooled Wraith Rovers across that trilogy so the last game of the season and then the two playoff games Alloa were the best the best team in, at, at the playoffs even including full-time Wraith Rovers they were far better than <laughs> can, we, can we talk uh, about Wraith Rovers I don't want to take away anything from Alloa but uh, we, the last thing we did come on the show was it before the playoffs? Uh, yes what the heck happened to Wraith Rovers then in the playoffs? Can I answer this? Barry Smith <laughs> Can you back? Can you can you back up, Craig's answer, Sean? <laughs> they, so, so bear in mind they, they struggled to break. So they needed the win in the last day of the season. Couldn't do it. Didn't create anywhere near enough goal scoring opportunities. Uh, so the next week, I'm sorry, midweek, they went to Alloa, and you thought, right, well, what change is Barry Smith going to make? There, there's a, there's a decent size squad that Reith Rovers. What attacking alterations can he make to uh, allow Reith Rovers to break down this Alloa team? And he took out uh, he took out Bobby Barr, uh, a winger, and we placed him on the defensive midfielder uh, and played him at wide. And amazingly, we created even less chances. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, who'd have thought that would have happened? Uh, Fun enough, we've talked about Jim Goodwin. Alawa. Fairness to Barry Smith, he probably was looking at it saying, "Well, a nil-nil draw away this time is actually no bad result." We were we are two 0 down to Alawa and down to ten men, and every single Wraith Rovers fan was saying, "I really hope we can escape Alawa with a two-nil defeat." That was the, uh, the the extent to which we'd sunk that evening. Is that your nadir in the last... Since Claude and Elka's days? Uh, no, no, the Gordon since Yale Gordon season. Yale's days. Uh, no, I the relegate think, John Hughes. Yeah, losing 4-0 to Dumbarton. Was, uh, that was probably the lowest. Uh, and then, you know something, the, the second leg, uh, Wraith Rovers started very well, first 20 minutes. They, they had a, a, a few decent chances. 
And I feel like this one that's like can grab a goal here, uh, it, it gives them something to aim at, it can sustain the momentum, and they, they just run out of ideas after that first 20 minutes. And Alawa were, Alawa were the better team in the second leg as well. And 4 1 was probably a decent, yeah, that, that probably summed up the game. And yet, incredibly, Barry Smith stays on. I don't think we can afford to suck him. Right. Two year deal? Uh, a two year deal, yes. Outrageous. They've, they've, absolutely, they've, they've absolutely gutted the squad. Similar to Dungeon United, they've absolutely gutted the squad. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he builds that team up. My worry would be so Ray finished second to Air. They'll be the only full time team in the league next season. So the expectation is Ray Rovers win, win that league. I, I would hate to think that it could be similar to when Dunfermline finished second to Rangers. And then the next season it was between Dunfermline and Morton. You expected it to be Dunfermline and Morton. And Dunfermline finished seventh. Because <laughs> I think I think coming up there'll be some good good there'll be good part time sides. Airdrie, um I like the signing business they've made so far. Kieran Miller, East Fife player there, loved him when he was at Steny. Great hard working, I mean, he's fit as anything, the guy. And Scott Robertson, the Stranor captain, who's just a, a big lump and something that, that uh, Airdrie have lacked at the back. I think they'll 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 be looking to win the title next season, and I think um, Dumbarton will be looking to to make an immediate return to it. Arbroath, Arbroath as well. You know they they've already uh, got a good couple of players on on contracts. Omar Kader signed. There's a few other guys. Ryan McCord sadly is uh, was let go, um, but I think that yeah, there's 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 good teams in that division that that will push Ray through. Barry Smith has got to get his recruitment absolutely spot on here. I mean, for the guys, sorry, sorry to interrupt there, but was it for the guys that, that have let go, was there anyone you were sorry to see leave? Uh, I probably would have kept Greg Spence. Uh, he went through a decent scoring spell across Christmas and New Year, uh, yeah, kind of November, December uh, time. I think he scored seven and eight, or eight and seven, uh, and then he got dropped and was, and was barely seen again. So, and it was only when he got in the form that he then got dropped. It was all, all very odd. I, was, I didn't realise Liam Buchanan was actually on a two-year deal, so we've kind of kept him. Uh, I wouldn't have minded seeing uh, Thompson let go as well. I think his his legs are gone. Uh, Jason Thompson, the right back. Uh, but no, the, the, one of the few good things at the end of the scene was that I thought, right, that squad will surely now get gutted, uh, and thankfully it has. So before we move on, Alba, what are the chances of? They're not going to be another breaking. No, surely, no, definitely but, uh, not. What's the chances of not finishing bottom? Uh, They're the only part-time team in the division. Yes. Right. No, straight away, huge disadvantage there. They'll also presumably not be, they'll not have the players that helped them kind of rise up yeah. towards the So it's a double one because a number of better performers are loan players as well. So, how they, whether they can get these guys back or whether they can. So, I suppose they're now a championship team, maybe. However, they, however they, they will be able to, to attract the best part time players. They'll presumably be playing the best wages. Uh, Alan Trouton, oh, we, we kind of joked about Alan Trouton has struggled um, playing in the championship in the past. A wee bit older now, he was brilliant in a, a really shabby uh, Albion Rovers team. Ellen Seasons, I mean, to score like more than 20 goals in a team that finished bottom of the table and didn't win for like, won like three games in, in, in months. That that's an incredible achievement. So I think that's a that's a good signing, um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think they'll struggle, and I, it's, I, I hope not. I, I, and I hope not. And I'm I'm sorry to see Dumbarton come down because I really really liked Dumbarton. I really liked what they what they did for part time teams. I really like how a couple of seasons ago they finished fifth. They, they were a couple of games away from finishing in fourth place and, and to get into the playoffs, which has been an absolutely extraordinary achievement for them. So I hope they I hope they bounce back, but. Uh, Aloha I think that's the massive disadvantage you're relying on I think if you look over the last few seasons any time more than one part time team has stayed up it's because something terrible 
and cataclysmic has happened at a yeah. big team. So you talk about Dunfermline going into administration, mm-hmm. kept Kevin Beath up. The worst unit at Morton's side and, and living memory uh, kept um, Aloe and, and all that. I can't forgive the teams, but. And then there the has. And an absolutely garbage Livingston side as well. So you're, that's what you're really relying on. You're, you're really counting on something fundamentally wrong at one they'll, of these full time teams. They'll, they'll probably need Morton to appoint Gary Locke to stay up. We can't rule out. David Hopkin apparently is the the, the favourite, regardless of what happens to, to Livingston. What, he's the favourite. Surely be mental if, if Livingston went up and he was like, "Ah, no, don't fancy it." Apparently, somebody told me this at work. He has got shares the in Morton. Third biggest shareholder at Greenock Morton. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, which I, I found uh, astonishing. That would be very Scottish football if he did get Livy up and then was just like, "No, nah, don't fancy it." Go to Morton. He's apparently linked to Carlisle as well. Uh, apparently, been linked to to them. Done an amazing job, so fair play to him. Right, let's move on to League One. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Fucking yes! <laughs> boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. Do you want me? To, I, I, I ask some. You want to ask me something? Or do you just want me to keep on going. Boys are back in town. Where's this? Yeah. Your, where's this your favourite birthday of all time? We should probably say that Dennis Muir defeated Peter. Hedrick Aye, to sorry. League One. Sorry, sorry. I'm just making it sound like sound like a train. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm not a train. I'm a man, a 32 year old man. Because uh, it was my birthday on Saturday. I turned 32 uh, the same day that Dennis Muir. Like I'm, I'm younger looking than you. Mm. No, I'm younger looking than you. Mm. If we were to do a poll, mm. like take pictures, you can keep making you can keep making noises like a squeaky door all you want, Craig. <laughs> I look younger than you. Right, let's let's move on. <laughs> I said, I said. How, we, how often do you get ID'd? I occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> do you get ID'd all the time? Oh, do you? It's just. just I, it's, I, it's mainly just that Morrison's across the road. The fucking strictest. I actually got ID'd uh, trying to buy a lighter. And I was buying the lighter so that Ariane could light some candles around the house. Not allowed to do that, apparently, when you're 31. Similar to, to going back to what Sean said, when we were on this show a fortnight ago, I said <laughs> Stenismuir will win the playoffs. I was, I was confident Stenismuir have had a... It's bizarre. Stenismuir have had a, a frustrating season. They finished 23 points off the top of the table and while I didn't expect Stenismuir to ever win the division, I certainly thought that they'd be far closer to the two best teams. But... When they finished in fourth place, they got the 1-1 draw with Sterling on the final day of the season. I knew they would win. I knew they would relegate Queen's Park in the playoffs in the semi-final. And I knew they'd beat Peterhead. And, and, and sure enough, it's the one of the, the only few times I've ever been sure about, about Stenismere doing something. Um, they played Queen's Park in the, the semi-final and got a 1-1 draw with them at Oakle View. And it was... It was typical Stenny, they, they they played well in the first half. Jimmy Scott, who had missed a lot of the season for injury, was fit coming into the final games and he was actually proved to be a, a very useful player for Stenis. He was actually really good, Jimmy Scott, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him stick around for next year. But he scored to, um, with a, a pretty good back post header, but then immediately after kick-off for the second half, Queen's Park scored. And the game sort of uh, petered out there, but at, um, at Hamden, Mark McGuigan scored, he converted a Rory Donaldson cross, Queen's Park scored uh, to equalise, but Stenismuir we were, were still comfortable throughout it. And then a bit of superb bit of play in the middle of the park from Harry Payton sent sent McGuigan through, who had a really really nice left footed finish underneath the goalkeeper to win. Then against Peterhead, Stenismuir we in the first leg at Oakleview um, last week, 
Stensburg turned in what was probably their best performance of the season. They beat Peterhead 2-0, comfortable beat them 2-0. Rory McAllister missed a penalty just before half-time. And then Mick Dunlop, who made the SPFL team of the week, team of the week, I believe. Yeah. He scored. He was brilliant, but he scored two goals. That, and and <clears throat> both headers, Stensburg hadn't scored from a set piece all season, and they get two against Peterhead. But Mick Dunlop's first goal was a sort of really actually. Jim McAnally's did a great job. Though, <laughs> Superb. Job. I'm su- surprised he's not got a full time club yet. Um. But Mike Dunlop scored uh, And his, his goal He didn't sell out his teammates He absolutely went tonto Right in front of the fans Like absolutely running past the main stand With his arms open And punching there and stuff And they went up And unfortunately missed the game Because had a long standing night out On the on the Saturday But I was following the game on Twitter And other than a sort of 10 minute spell Where Peter Head got back into it Sensmere uh, very comfortable David McCracken was sent off for, for a second bookable offence and Sensmere were just very comfortable so I'm absolutely on top of the moon no I'm over the moon I'm on top of the world you, you, t- you tweeted for the Queen's Park game I'm very disappointed I cannot make Sensmere's match against Queen's Park but I believe the Warriors can win then you tweeted do <laughs> come on Steady do it for me McGarnacle <laughs> I actually wrote a tweet in response and saved it in my drafts. Okay. Well, McGonagall, <laughs> Steny are dead. <laughs> they slit their throat from year to year. <laughs> but I saved it and it's, that can never be used. I know. Though. I know. So I was actually thinking that. Brilliant. One of the, just the juxtaposition. <laughs> okay, McGonagall, for you. Well, McGonagall. <laughs> Billy's dead! <laughs> <laughs> I always watch another line that he goes, He's like, he's like, so free, he goes, Hey, I'm trying to eat lunch here. <laughs> like, well, you got the case, McGonagall, but did you have to kill so many people? I don't know, Chief, you tell me. You're a good viewer behind your desk. <laughs> Brilliant. One of the all time greatest uh, Simpsons one off characters. But, um, <laughs> I've no idea what you're talking about. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> amazing. A little sissy boy who's too scared to help him. Amazing. Um, but it's like you see. It's another bit as well when he's like, he's like, you're off the case, we're going You're off your case, chief. What does that mean exactly? It means he gets results. I was like, hold on. It means he gets results, you stupid chief. Dad, sit down. Ah, oh, Simpsons. Aye, that that's see. Um, so I'm delighted with Stensmere. I think the least one of the least successful clubs in Scotland. That's their third promotion in their history, and only spent one season in League One. So, in a way, it's job done for Stenny. But I've I've used this analogy before. It's like doing a mathematics problem and getting most of the working wrong, but still somehow coming out with the main answer. I think um, next season, I would lose about. Half that squad, I don't think half the squad are good enough for next season. I'd keep the back four. Rory Donaldson, the Dunlop brothers uh, and Ross Meakin. If Ross Meakin could cross a ball, he'd be a, a fantastic player. Um, i keep Mark Ferry and i keep Mark McGuigan. But the rest of the team, I'm, I'm not too sure. So I mean to be a lot, lot of work done. Um, because in that division, we, we spoke earlier about the teams at the top of the table. I think it'll be Stenismir and Stranraer. It'll be the two teams that will be favourites to go down. But I mean, you worry about that. Uh, I imagine Stenismir are, are going to release their players uh, either tonight or tomorrow night. Worry about that. Uh, another point for the moment. It's just it's a good feeling. You know, it's a, a hugely likable team. This Steny team. You know, everyone. There was never one point in the season. You could look at the players and think they're not trying because everyone was trying. There's just points where it just they were just weren't good enough. 
Um, so it's very satisfying, very popular manager. And the, the club's changing a wee bit. I've complained in the past about lack of communication and poor use of social media. But a guy, Jamie Swinney, has joined the club as chief executive. He's only 31, 32. Uh, but he's a great guy and he's really keen to about making Stenisman an alternative. Bring, making sure that, that kids are at the forefront of the support because I mean, if you you look at the the standing sports like the cast of Cocoon most of the time in the in the stands, so it's great to see this. So it's a at the moment certainly with this, it's a, it seems like a, a good club to support, and it's it's, it's just crazy how a, a result could do that because it, it wouldn't have been that way a, a, like a month or so ago. You put in uh, a word term that you need more signing players at McDonald's. Well, they launched a great campaign. You, you know something? I would like to see Stenismuir sign players around different places, like sign them in a Greg's, for instance, yep. like like player photograph in a bookies. Anandos, you know, so, something like that. Maybe that's maybe that's an idea. I should uh, I shouldn't have should I actually kept that. Can you edit that? Can you edit that out? <laughs> Free okay, so I can it's fucking. Gonna, it's gonna end up with half a show. I know that mother will take that off and uh, and do something like that, eh? <laughs> um, Let's move on. Uh, you were talking about Jim McInally. If you want. Oh. Yeah, you're talking about who Stennis Muir should get rid of. Um, who should be around should get rid of. Well, McAnally, apparently uh, McAnally has been told he he's going to consider his position. He is considering his position rather than the board considering his position. He's been there too long. He's not getting a, a desired response from the players. Peter Head, they, they were a team a, a team of individuals rather, rather than a team. And I don't know if that's because of the way the team, the club <clears> trains. Only they've got different training bases come together on match days. But aye, there's some something needs to change there. I just it's, it's, it's broken. What, what Jim McInerney's done is broken. You can put a stick in it and and say that the the, the Challenge Cup final against Rangers a few years ago was a bit where the form you could you could ski off it. It went down. They did well this season, and there is an argument. I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm very uh, pro playoffs. There is an argument though. If you can finish twenty two points above a team and still be, you still can't get promoted ahead mm-hmm. of them, then you got to say, well, that's, that's not I think that's I think that's six times he's lost in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, once we still in, once with Morton. Morton once we still in, that was when he had that spectacular meltdown there. Eh? He got a 10 game, 10 game ban for that. He got sent off by the referee and snuck back out. Um, was that which some, that counted in the Central Park. So it's some doing, if you imagine where the dressing room is to where the dugout is. That's, that's a fairly long way I'm to sure go. sure one of his playoff defeats, he, he kicked a door off its hinges or something. That, that might be that, at Central be Park. A... Aye. Um, but, you know, Mac, McAnally, a lot of people speak very highly of him. Um, and he is. He's well, well, no, to be fair, the interviews that I've read in him, he is pretty interesting. I did like the stuff he had to say about the Colts. About the Colt teams. Yep. Um, they were a farce. Yes. They were a farce. I'm sure there was an interview with the Scotsman. A year or so ago, and he was really, really engaging in it. But at what point do you say you've been here a long time, mate? I'd probably time to for a wee change. Ah, um, to be fair, I'm kind of digging into Mac and I just because sports sound guys tend to talk him up all the time. The spectacular job he's doing with the you know a limited budget, limited budget, ah, extraordinary, ridiculous considering what other teams have to have to make do with. But he has, he has done decent jobs in the past. Even with East Stirling, I mean, he's still only he managed to take East Stirling to the playoffs. Again, you know? at that but, but point, that no, East Stirling were spending quite a bit of money. <laughs> Aye, his, his managerial record is not good. He's a lower league. Um, I don't know. He's a manager who always gets loads of money. Avram Grant. There you go. Is that even right? Aye, uh, no, oh, it no. wasn't. Just the first, the first bad manager that came into my head to imagine the Barclays. Um, Roberto Mancini. Oh no 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 no! He's a he's a good manager. He did very well at City. Oh, 
Remember when he when he'd I mean, he had the most money. That's ah, my point. But remember how we invented tactics. Remember those those times. Remember how he invented tactics. Aye, if you let me, if you let me, <laughs> if, if you let me finish. Remember when he used to be sometimes play Yaya Touré and sort of like just a normal central midfielder, and then he would say, "I want to push up a wee bit further forward." And then he invented tactics by doing that. He changed his shape, and that was pretty cool. Right, counted me Cove. Sean, you were there. I the was. League, the League 2 playoff final. I was, I was in two minds about going to this one. Uh, and I thought to myself, well, I literally have nothing better to do because I'm such a loser. Bugger it, I'm going to go to Central Park. Sorry, I, I nodded my head there when you said that. I didn't mean that. <laughs> Thank goodness I decided to go to this game. Uh, five goals, uh, three red cards, an umpteen man battle royal and a fight in Cowdenbeath High Street. If was that, a fight in the high street as well? Yes, oh, it was one of the best £10 I've ever seen. <laughs> at at half-time, uh, Murray Hughes tweeted, there is not one single Cowden Booth player who would get in this Cove Rangers team. And at that point, I thoroughly agreed with him. It was 2-1 at half-time. 3 or 4-1 probably would have been a, a more reflective scoreline based on how the first half had panned out. Cowden Booth got a very early penalty. Uh, Robbie Buchanan got brought down. And Harvey Swan dispatched it. Now, Cowdenbeath got off to a really good start in last year's playoff as well. They went one up against East Kilbride really early and then kind of faded and then were kind of fortunate to beat East Kilbride on penalties. And then a kind of similar story seemed to be panning out on this one. They were only ahead for three or four minutes. Mitch Meganson found himself all alone. He was about six yards out, kind of headed it past McGurn. They then went two on up after 22 minutes or something. Really good move uh, down the right-hand side. Ball got swung in. Meganson... Uh, first time uh, just swept it past McGurnan into the corner of the net there was a bit of discussion online whether that was his 50th goal of the season or 52nd goal of the season nobody could really between 50 and 52 uh, well some people saying it was his 52nd goal of the season uh, and some people saying it was his 50th there was no uh, no agreement on this but yeah, what are those two missing goals <laughs> <laughs> regardless it's been a good season for him uh, McGurnan had a very good save they kind of squandered another two or three chances but Kenby were just never in it it was, it was just one way traffic they were both it was an enjoyable game to watch, but as you can imagine, it was pretty basic. Both teams were generally playing the same way and they were trying to get the ball forward as quickly as possible. However, Cove up front had uh, Paul Shagger-McManus and uh, Mitch Megginson, whereas Cowden Beath had Jordan Sheeran, who can't move. Uh, he's good. I like Jordan Sheeran when at times I saw him because he's, he's good when the ball when he's got the ball but if he's unless you're going to pinpoint passes yeah, to him he's see that's just that half the time the ball was kind of getting punted over his head and let's face it he's never going to kind of beat a, a defender to, to get on the end of it so at half time I, I felt at half time there was almost just an expectation for the Cowdenbeath fans that that was it that the time in the, the SPFL was, was coming to an end and then the second half Cove just didn't turn up it was all very odd they stopped doing uh, they stopped doing what they were doing quite well in the, in the first half Cowdenbeath had a wee bit more energy about them they had a wee bit more running about uh, amongst them but I wouldn't say they'd done anything particularly well did you really say the same thing twice though? <laughs> I think I did the, the equaliser was, was dreadful uh, it was Swan uh, swung in a, a free kick and you know how people always get so frustrated when a, a cross doesn't beat the first defender mm-hmm. this cross only got maybe three feet off the ground <laughs> and I turned to the guy next to me just to say how bad that was and I turned and I, I thought, what's happening here? Because it, it started to bounce and two Cowdenbeath players had a swipe at it and missed it and it just bounced right in the <laughs> No Cowdenbeath moved. It was just such an unlikely equaliser. <laughs> uh, then, uh, then that's when it started to get a bit interesting. So the, I think it was about 20 minutes to go. It was a long cross into the box. Cove keeper came, he was still in his box, uh, but he came quite far out to, to try and claim it. He got a bit on the ball. 
uh, it was maybe about 35 yards out and it, it looked to me as if he was, when he was getting up Sheeran uh, tripped him so suddenly the keeper was, was on the deck again I had now been sucked into the excitement of this game and I was just screaming for somebody to shoot uh, and it was Brad Smith dead so he was about 35 yards out and he just, there was a lot of players uh, in front of him so he had quite a lot to do he chipped into the net 35 yards 3-2 count beef and Cove Cove never looked like equalising at any point they, they, they were very angry uh, at the third goal there was a lot of protest cheats uh, that was when the Cove fans started to shout cheat 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 it boiled right over in the last minute Paul McManus got two yellow cards in about the space of ten seconds both for mouthing off at the referee uh, which is presumably the most ridiculous end to a game he's had since he was arrested <laughs> at, at McDermott Park after the St yeah. Johnson Wraith Rovers yeah, game because up, yeah. he was banned from the city of Perth this was the thing. How did he get banned from Perth? He, got, he was no, it was like City Nightclub or something. Yeah. He'd been he'd been barred from 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 there. And then when he was playing Wraith Rovers, he played St Johnston. And then he, he, he I know. Uh, I remember Scott Harrison was banned from all pubs in East Kilbride. Right. So I, I don't know how to do it. But obviously, there's a way to do it. And people get banned from pubs, but I've never had anyone been banned from, from a city. city. Well, he must have just been a very bad boy. <laughs> uh, so that that was the ninety fourth minute. The game still had about five minutes to go. Uh, now it was the opposite side uh, from where I was standing so I don't know who was involved but a Cowmouth player was playing for time down the right wing he was in front of the dugouts and a Cove player went into him and he kneed him in the midriff at uh, quite a rate of knots <laughs> like the Cowmouth bench went ballistic oh, there's a great photo of uh, Gary Bolling yep. and Brian Gilfillan yep. the, 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 the Cove bench then became uh, they then got involved there, there must have been 20 odd 20 odd men involved in, in uh, the, the grappling Two Cove players, uh, two further Cove players were uh, dismissed. They were, they were now down to eight men. I've read uh, reports that the Cove uh, manager, is it Sheeran? John, John Sheeran. and uh, Gary Bolin were also dismissed. I don't know if that was the case or not. Uh, the game then ended uh, a few minutes later. At that point, some of the Cowmouth players started celebrating in front of the Cove fans, <laughs> who were now going absolutely mental. And there may be footage somewhere that I may have seen of Brian Gilfillan uh, standing in front of them, and he's just shouting at them, Get yourselves up the road! You just get away him! Get yourselves up the road! <laughs> Cove fans are going absolutely mental. Uh, so that, that was all very enjoyable. There, there was also, uh, in terms of the, 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 the bother and the, the high street afterwards, it was interesting piecing together a timeline <laughs> of the guy that was involved today because he, uh, he entered the stadium at the same time as me, which is at kickoff at two o'clock, and he was wearing a very, a very distinctive maroon top. So he went right round to the other side. He could barely walk at this point. He was blistered and he was winding up all the Cowboy fans before the game. At half time, I could see him. He was singing and he was dancing. Looked very happy. Cover two one up. Uh, so that would have been about quarter to three, I suppose. At quarter to four, he'd moved to the fence that separated the Cove fans and the Cowboy fans, and he was hanging over. Uh, trying to swipe at some Cowan Beef fans and then 50 minutes later he was getting puggled on uh, <laughs> Cowan Beef High Street so his day had really went downhill in the preceding two hours I read um, on, on Tell Me's Pelly John Blackwood had, had attended the first leg mm-hmm. and uh, finished nil-nil and, and he he came to the conclusion that, that, uh, that Cove it was quite a cagey affair but Mitch Meganson had missed a, a number of chances I'm sure he commented saying that, that I, on that based on that match it's hard to believe that he scored so many goals in the in the the, the Highland League. Um, so I, I thought I, I thought going into that and getting your updates when it was went from one 0 to two one in the space of a number of minutes. I thought that's that for that's that for Cowdenbeath. So they deserve I think they deserve an enormous amount of credit for pulling out the bag. And as somebody somebody said to me, it was a uh, 
Cowden Beath, I, I think there's a guy at my work actually who was at the match. He said, and this is, this is, sounds like very feasible, he said that the way when Cowden went down, they were a lot more professional about the way they went about it. When the decision started going against Cove Rangers, they couldn't handle it, and that's when you sort of saw that like lower league, not like that non-league mentality coming out, um, particularly the way John Sheeran handled himself after the match. The Paul McManus, who I mean Paul, you expect a lot better from Paul McManus, two two bookings in the space of a minute. They really that they were really let themselves down. I don't know if I expect that. better from a man who was banned from. I the just city. as soon as those words <laughs> left my mouth, as soon as those left my mouth, I knew I was going to get bodied for that. The, the interview on uh, was it off the ball. Sheeran was interviewed after the game, and he, I mean, he basically suggested it was some kind of conspiracy that they want Kofi's in the league. It was did he not, footballer's mentality is just fantastic. He, he started. I'm sure he started in right saying, "I want to choose my words carefully." They don't want. They don't want. They don't want the Highland League teams, and they don't want. They just want to keep it all Lowland stuff. I want a numpty. That was marvelous. A, a, a fantastic afternoon. Okay, we don't really have much time to do any kind of roundup, so we'll just go to body old trolls, and then we'll get out of here. The troll we're going to body, it's, it's an oldie but a goldie, it's Andy Muirhead, and you probably wonder why we haven't uh, really talked about uh, the big man for a while, it's because he put his uh, Twitter account on lockdown. Um, I don't know why, maybe there was something going on in his personal life, I don't know, I don't want to speculate. However, the account's back up and running now, and nothing's changed, it's still the, it's still the, same, the same stuff over and over again, and it is just stuff about Rangers and how... Rangers are, are rubbish, they're a bad club, they're a joke club. Um, so that's it, it's not really body and a troll really, it's just saying the big man's back and he's back in business and business is good. <laughs> this is a short one. This is a short one because you said we're running out of time. How no, no, we've still got a few minutes. Alright. Because I thought, I thought this section was going to take like five minutes. So. No, 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 it's just, just saying the big man's back so check out the TL. Um, there's some good stuff there, some 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 good content. I'm actually on the TL just now, and I'm wearing safety goggles because it is so piping hot. <laughs> we probably caught it there then. <laughs> so let's just stop and just see you scrolling down that screen. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just just it's just good content. It's just just good content, and I look forward to being uh, subtweeted uh, later on with a couple of like, laughing face emojis. Intravenously hook up his TL intravenously give it to me. That's how that's how that's how I want it. I want to be putting a drip an iron lung. But instead of oxygen it's just pumping in his teeth. <laughs> okay, that's it. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to contact us you can uh, testpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you'd like to hear more from us we're about to record one of our special Patreon podcasts so head over to patreon.com forward slash testpodcast where it's as little as $2 a month whoa yeehaw there's old Texas Fowler there and his Chevrolet driving to the mall to pick up is there a bit of fire alarm going off somewhere don't detract from the fact that you're driving to the mall in your Chevrolet to pick up What's a really American? What's a, no, that's, that's just that's too obvious. Like, uh, um, oh, what's really American? Diapers. Yeah. <laughs> what? Aye. What? Diapers and a Twinkie. Some drapes. <laughs> to bed, bath, and beyond.
Yes, so we're going to record a special music podcast that we do. Uh, this occasion is the best albums from the 70s. Sean would have been uh, in his early 50s <laughs> during that period, so he knows exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> sorry, Sean, you deserve so much better. You deserve better than what we're giving you here, I'm so sorry. If you don't, if, you, if, you, if you're not interested in listening, if you're not interested in listening to non-football stuff, then there is a, a, an additional podcast that myself and Joel Sked recorded earlier today, so that's up, looking at the top five best games and top five worst games from the Labrick Premiership this season. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook, and this website is testpodcast.net. That's us. Sean, say goodbye. Goodbye. Craig, say goodbye. Goodbye and enjoy your football. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.